and welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Welcome back. The Open Government Podcast brings you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their communities. And today we have Rob Giggy. He's Ottawa's Program Manager for Content Design and Development. I like to say that he's Ottawa's open data hero. He's been working on this stuff for some time now, and it's sort of really evolved. And and actually, wh- why don't we start with that? Uh, I'm always interested in the, the genesis of how a city's open data portal is born. So why don't you tell us that story a little bit, Rob? Yeah, we got uh, really great timing and luck, I think. Um, a few years ago in 2000 and Eight or 2009, uh, the, the, a previous mayor had done an e-government task force to look at technology in general and how our IT department was running. And a very small section of that report uh, talked to a blog that they had found that uh, a person had wrote about looking for outdoor skating rinks, finding a list of addresses of rinks on Ottawa.ca and saying that he didn't know how to use that, like one, two, three... Dogwood Street. He didn't know it didn't mean anything to him. So he took that and he created a Google map with it. And he wrote a blog post saying, um, I understand that the city doesn't have the resources and time and maybe capabilities to make maps of all this different stuff. But if you at least put the information in a spreadsheet, other people can do it for you pretty easily. So now we know that concept pretty well. It's been what's happening with around open data. But back then it was it was kind of new or an interesting idea. So the task force recommended that we look at that. So council directed staff to look at how we were sharing data and if anything to our data dissemination policy should be changed. No reference to open data. It wasn't really much of a concept then as it's called open data. Uh, But just at that time, uh, Washington, D.C. had had started a program. Vancouver launched something. So because council had asked us to speak to it, it was a perfect opportunity since it was coming up. And our our communications team who managed the website was starting to get more and more requests to release data. We used the opportunity to bring forward a report that said that the city should be opening up an open data program. And uh, so we got we got their blessing right there because it answered their question. And uh, I think they liked the benefits that we were speaking to. I love that idea of this actually being a citizen driven project, actually a citizen writing in saying, you know, can you please do this? Um, That's a beautiful Genesis story and uh, one that we should share more often. Since that genesis and since your report, what kinds of roadblocks have you encountered in actually implementing and executing on that on that program, and, and how have you navigated those? Um, well, there, there, there's probably several roadblocks, some like uh, kind of quick and obvious, and some of them a little more nuanced. But uh, the because we had kind of clear direction, I'd say, from council, although not we never created a policy that enforced it, but we got a clear direction. That that wasn't really a question. We, one, we didn't we didn't have to worry about whether council was on board or not because we out of the gate. And I think the biggest hurdle immediately was uh, around technology. Uh, back then, there wasn't, say, open data portals. There was only a few cities doing it, so we didn't know the best way to do it. We didn't know as a city how to share data kind of openly and make it usable to many different users. We Before that, it was all individual agreements or very specific requests for data. So I think technology was the first hurdle, but in, in a way that was kind of easily and quickly overcome. And it's, it's certainly 
to a large degree, the initial hurdles are overcome now. We have an open data portal. It provides APIs. We have data automatically put into it if we want. Uh, we're looking at visualization with our next upgrade and socialization. So we've kind of tackled that. The next one, uh, the, 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 a big one and, and one that we'll probably could always struggle with a little bit is departments, the, those that kind of that create the data and manage it. They have, they have a lot of stuff to do. So recreation's running the actual programs. They're teaching people how to swim. The roads people are actually fixing roads. So they always have a lot of different things that they can spend their time and money and resources on. So one, talking to them about the concept it, and, and doing a good job at that and, them, and, and being able to see where that fit on their list of, uh, of a thousand things to do. So for some, the benefit was a little bit more tangible and clear and easy. Some of it was a little bit harder. And early on, it was all theoretical. There was a lot of this was, if we do it, this will probably happen. Um, since then, of course, that we have a, 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 a large number of tangible examples. So even that barrier is going away slowly and slowly. And of course, with time, people know it. Those were probably the two biggest barriers to start with, I'd say. And and what about like the complete opposite of that? I mean, there's some obstacles, but are there things much like that blog post? Are there things that have actually made your job go easily, like events, articles, someone said something somewhere? Is there anything that's actually expedited this? Yeah, I, I mean, you use the the word heroes, and I, I definitely don't think that's me. But who is is that we have an amazing community in Ottawa. Uh, that these are people that, uh, from my diverse background, these aren't just programmers and people in software. These were academics, uh, business people, community people that came to us and told us why we should do this and what we were doing. And above that, and I mean, they came to council and they stood up and they talked to them and they told them why we should be doing this. Uh, and they kept communicating that to council, which it goes a, a long way. And they made a lot of effort in that way. But I, I, I think that what they helped to do is they helped run events, uh, which brings more and more people into the fold, the people that can do stuff with the data, not the end users, but that our target market was really people that could do stuff with the data in order for them to create stuff or use it in a way that creates value for the larger uh, population. So um, I, I, I think they, those are the ones that made the biggest difference uh, and, and they still do it. I mean, they just launched a new initiative, the Open Data Book Club, where every month uh, people vote on the subject. It goes out. People are uh, they, they pick a subject and then they have a month to, to look at that data set or series of data sets, create something. They come and present it. We can have staff there, community people, people that can do stuff with it. If there's good ideas, they might develop it afterwards. So they're still very active in the community. That's great. Um, just to wrap it up, you've come a long way with, you know, from from the genesis of the project to, to what it is now. What do you see next? What do you, what do you plan to see in the next uh, six months, a year, maybe three years? Well, of course, um, data, like there is more good data. We have, we have a lot up. We've had a great year in terms of interesting data sets. So there's always more there. Um, but on top of that, I think what the community is trying to do is, is hone in on standards. I think standards will go a long way in, in 
getting more and more people able to use the data and willing to do, especially the private sector, people looking at real business opportunities. So I think standards is going to be a very important uh, step for us to take over the next year or two. And this is an amazing sort of story, as Samir was saying, because what you've essentially shown in the last four or five years, maybe a little bit less than that, that that little snowball that you roll down the hill becomes this big, giant thing. At first, it was just responding to a blog post, and now you're talking about setting standards. Uh, So it's so amazing that you're doing this great work, Robert. Don't stop once again. Ottawa is part of the G4 in Canada for a reason, and and you're certainly a big part of that reason. So thank you again for for participating and sharing your story. Well, thank you, and thanks for all you do, and both of you. Thank you. That was Rob Giggy from the Government of Ottawa on the Open Government Podcast. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll be back soon with our next interview with someone in the Open Government community. So if you've got any questions about today's episode, or if you'd like to reach out to Rob directly, Rob, can you share your Twitter handle with our audience, please? Yeah, real easy. At Rob underscore Giggy, G-I-G-G-E-Y. And if that doesn't work, you can always send us a tweet on our hashtag at OGTPod. My Twitter handle is at Richard Pietro. I'm at Fasta, and thanks again to Cheryl's Crush for the music for the podcast. Have yourselves a great one, folks. Peace out.